Hi, Word family. This is Laura Thompson with the Come Follow Me Laguna Gel Edition podcast. This week we cover Matthew 9 through 10, Mark 5, and Luke 9. We're going to start off with fantastic insights and commentary by Stephanie Crabb. And then I will follow up with a little bit of um, a quote that was inspiring to me on Matthew 10, 39. Hey everyone, this is Stephanie. This week as I was reading, I was really struck by the stories of Jesus Christ's power to heal um, found in Matthew 9 and Mark 5 when he heals the woman with the issue of blood of 12 years and he raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. Uh, When I was on Instagram, I saw the stake had posted a talk of the week link and it was wounded. So I clicked into it and it's a talk given by Elder Neil L. Anderson in October of 2018. And in this talk, he says, The Savior is our good Samaritan, sent to heal the brokenhearted. He comes to us when others pass us by. With compassion, he places his healing balm on our wounds and binds them up. He carries us. He cares for us. He bids us, Come unto me, and I shall heal you. And over this past month, I actually had identified an emotional wound that I had that needed healing. And I was realizing that I... I had complete faith. I knew that Christ could heal this wound, but I felt resistance to receiving that healing, which was pretty surprising to me because I've utilized the atonement many times in the past and I've experienced incredible healing from many wounds and knew of the transformational power. And um, I just had complete faith. I knew if I turned to the Savior, it would be healed. And so I was pretty surprised to feel like I had resistance or hesitation to seek that healing. Um, So I did a lot of praying and self-reflection, and I realized that the first barrier that I had was actually fear of feeling the pain of the wound. Um, Sometimes it's just easier to avoid our wounds or be distracted from them or just to try to go numb from feeling it because it's hard to sit in the pain. But then I also thought, well, you can't heal pain unless you acknowledge the pain. Like you can't put a band-aid on a sore without looking at it. Um, So that was the first barrier. And then the second barrier was just feeling afraid to let Christ help me. Like feeling, I guess pride was the best word. Um, Prideful in that like, no, I can handle this by myself. And so it was a recognition of, oh, I have have pride. (laughs) I actually need to let go of and allow Christ to help me and not just feel like I have to shoulder this on my own or figure it out on my own. So um, then I had to do a lot more praying and just plead with God to help me to overcome these things, to be filled with courage instead of fear, to confront the pain, feel the pain, and then um, humility instead of pride. And I also realized, oh, this totally makes sense. These are Satan's favorite tools to use to try to keep us from Christ, fear and pride. Um, And when I was reading in Mark chapter five, verse 36, he tells Jairus, be not afraid, only believe. And so that just really struck me that um, sometimes even if our faith is whole and we have complete faith that Christ can heal us, there are other barriers that can stand in our way like fear. And Christ was telling him, don't be afraid, just turn to me, like you can do this. Um, so I just felt like sometimes, you know, you hear the scripture faith without works is dead. And sometimes the work is just identifying 
what are the barriers that are keeping me from turning to the Savior? I know he can heal me, but what is preventing me from turning to him and just allowing that healing to happen? Um, That's the first part of the work. And then the second part of the work is overcoming those barriers and then turning to Christ. Um, I also really liked the end quote in his talk. Let me find it. He says, um, for you, the righteous, the healer of our souls in his time and his way will heal all your wounds. No injustice, no persecution, no trial, no sadness, no heartache, no suffering, no wound, however deep, however wide, however painful, will be excluded from the comfort, peace, and lasting hope of him whose arms and and whose wounded hands will welcome us back into his presence. And I just thought that was so beautiful, especially the wording where he says his wounded hands. And I just thought, yes, Christ knows pain. He has sat deeply in pain and confronted pain and he has wounds and he has also received complete healing from these wounds. So he completely understands this entire process. And um, just reading these scriptures of healing and understanding that Uh, The woman of the issue of blood, she had to feel her pain, and then she had to have humility and seek Christ for healing. And Jairus had to feel sorrow of the loss of his daughter and then, you know, be humble and seek Christ for healing. Um, So they were just such good examples to me of this process of healing is a little more complicated sometimes than just having faith. Sometimes it requires a little more digging, and it requires a strong relationship with God to turn to him and to pray to him and to be really um, strengthened and um, blessed by him and our ability to overcome these barriers that prevent us from healing. So I was grateful for those scriptures this week. In Mark 5, it describes how Jesus performs three miracles, the first being healing a man from living, healing a man living in the caves possessed by an evil spirit. The second, a woman who touched his garment of, um, touched his garment and was healed of her blood ailment of 12 years and the third raising Jairus's daughter from the dead all of these miracles have something in common the first after healing the man of his devils he immediately makes sure the man has clothes to wear the same with the woman who touched his garments he stops in a very time sensitive situation and turns and congratulates her on her faith and recognizes her and makes and tells her to have peace and that she's healed and last he goes to the synagogue and raises Jairus's daughter from the dead and immediately right after makes sure one that he covered everything like that she can walk and that she's like she's good and that um she has food to eat because he's concerned about that like he's concerned that she's hungry or that she's like sad he just he cares about every little thing and it doesn't matter how big it is or like if he's just performed this great miracle or like all of those times in the scriptures where he has been like super super busy and then someone comes to him is like my daughter or like my mom is dying or something come help me like I know I have faith that you can do this and he immediately stops what he's doing and goes and helps because he cares about every single person and every single thing with every single one of those people. So that's what I really liked about our Come Follow Me lesson this week. I'd like to share this scripture with you. 
He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. Matthew 10:39. Thank you. Hello, brothers and sisters, um, Ward family. It's so great to be sharing some thoughts with you on the podcast uh, this week. With so many miracles and blessings that the Lord is giving in his work, it's just, I just want to keep talking about them or sharing them or hearing about them more. I feel like these weeks in the New Testament are going all too quickly. The thought that stuck with me was a question that came up during our come follow me at the dinner table which I'm sure happens for many of you. And it was the question of why were some miracles in public and some in private and some miracles the Lord would ask to not say anything about. And I think our first thought might have been, well, he didn't want rumors to begin or more commotion and others were public out of need or passing through the multitudes. I just kept pondering about it and I came to feel that some were given in public so that there could be testimony and the good news could be spread and others were given in private because they were personal and then those individuals were to live their testimony in faith and it was it um and it so happens that this week in daily joy of President Nelson's devotional book He said on March 8th, newsworthy events. Reports in the media describe newsworthy events, but the truly good deeds, the small everyday actions of ordinary life, generally go unreported. Noteworthy examples are the employee who gives an honest day's work, the employer who rewards loyalty and service, and the Samaritan who stops to help someone in need. They include the hiker who carries out his own trash and the craftsman who works with a sense of enduring creation. Especially praiseworthy are the, ma- are the man who accepts responsibility for the children he has fathered, the father who wants the respect of his children more than the worldly acclaim, and the mother who nurtures an infant as a sacred trust and not as a second-class chore. I thought it was such an appropriate answer to the things I was pondering as far as why some things were newsworthy and others were private. And the Lord simply um, wants us to enjoy even the miracles um, that are very personal as well as those that are um, shared. And I just hope that as we continue the New Testament, we'll find those joys um, individually and in our families. Hi, everyone. This is Laura Thompson. The scripture that stood out to me this week is from Matthew 10, uh, 39, about how by losing ourselves in serving the Lord, that is when we find ourselves. And that didn't really make sense for me for so many years. Um, Obviously, you know, when you're a teenager, it, it maybe doesn't, you don't have the life perspective yet to understand how that works. But it wasn't until I came across a quote by President Kimball that I started to understand how it worked that way. President Kimball said, service to others deepens and sweetens this life while we are preparing to live in a better world. It is by serving that we learn how to serve. When we concern ourselves more with others, there is less time to be concerned with ourselves. In the midst of the miracle of serving, there is the promise of Jesus that by losing ourselves, we find ourselves. That's the verse in Matthew 10, 39. 
President Kimball continues, not only do we find ourselves in terms of acknowledging divine guidance in our lives, but the more we serve our fellow men in appropriate ways, the more substance there is to our souls. We become more significant individuals as we serve others. We become more substantive as we serve others. Indeed, it is easier to find ourselves because there is so much more of us to find. The abundant life noted in the scriptures is the spiritual sum that is arrived at by the multiplying of our service to others and by investing our talents in service to God and to man. That quote is what finally illuminated the concept of becoming more substantive or becoming more of who we are supposed to become as we are serving the Lord. And I just loved how that made it clear for me. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Stephanie, for sharing such heartfelt and thoughtful insights on the readings this week. Thank you to the Word family and the Word members for continuing to talk about this and continuing to um, make insightful comments and share them. It's always fantastic. And I'm always edified and learn from the things that you share. So thank you so much. And we'll see you again in a couple weeks.